Meet the Rat Man on this week's Planetary Radio. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Matt Kaplan. Lots of people to visit with this week, including Bob Anderson. He's the member of the Mars Exploration Rover team, who is sometimes known as the Rat Man. We'll find out why in a minute after we meet another of the student astronauts. And later today, it's the Astrobots, direct from Mars. And we mean it this time. We'll hear from Biff, Sandy, and their human buddy, Bruce Betts. Stay with us. Hi, my name is Kristen Rodziniak, and I'm 16 years old, and I'm from Canada, but I'm currently living in... Colorado Springs here in the U.S. And I'm one of the student astronauts. And we've actually had a really awesome week. We've got to talk to a lot of the scientists. They've been very open for us to come talk to them. If they see us peering over the shoulder, they'll stop and pretty much explain everything about the picture they're working on. And it's, it's really exciting to see their insight and see what they have to say and talk to the different scientists. I've just always been interested in a whole diverse background so I've always liked to try a whole bunch of different things and one of the ways I do that is do the arts as well as the sciences. The art I've just loved music but I guess it helps me in the sciences. Well when I return I've got a couple presentations definitely with just my classes that want to know what I've been up to, why I got to miss school for two weeks and my principal's organizing some stuff and I've also hooked up with the Challenger Learning Center in Colorado Springs and I'm going to be um, doing some presentations, both for their public presentation and for their regular program with middle school students. So I'm going to come in and talk to them about my experiences and just try and get people involved more in the sciences to see how cool science can really be and how exciting there's a lot of opportunities and a lot of excitement involved in the sciences. Bob Anderson is another Mars Exploration Rover team member who cut his Red Planet teeth on the Pathfinder mission. This Virginian worked his way west to JPL after a stop at the University of Pittsburgh, where he received a Ph.D. in geology. But like so many of the people behind Spirit and Opportunity, his work goes far beyond what his degree might suggest. When we talked last Sunday, I asked him about the unofficial title his work with the rock abrasion tool has earned him. Bob Anderson, does it disturb you sometimes to be called the Rat Man? <laughs> no, that's a pretty good look. I've uh, been working with the rock abrasion tool for about three years here, so I, I guess I've been called the Rat Man a hundred times. I even read uh, on some website someplace about how you, during some of the training of the uh, Mars Exploration Rover scientists and engineers, you sort of became the human rat. <laughs> Yeah, when we were out in the uh, phyto test uh, sites that we had, we had two phyto tests there. The phyto rover doesn't have a rock abrasion tool on it, so what we did was uh, uh, hold tight one second. Sure. Now, we should say that Bob has his headset on. He's actually on duty. In fact, he's on Mars time. Must have gotten a call on the headset. We'll, we'll ask him what it's about in a moment. Uh, I'm back on. You're back. What was that about? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> they're, they're waving at me, and I'll talk to them in a minute. I told them the whole type. All right. Well, if it, if it gets serious, don't don't hesitate to break away again. <laughs> no I, problem. I just told the audience that you are actually on Mars time, and I think you, uh, you're you on opportunity time, that side of Mars? That's correct. Right now, uh, we're Sol 29, about 11.17 in the morning, and the rover is... Uh, 
we're having just some discussion about what we're going to do today on the rover. Must be fun. <laughs> it's, it's challenging. So let's go back to Fido. You were saying it didn't have a tool like the rock abrasion tool, the RAT. That's right. What happened was is that um, we didn't have the full MERS built at the time. And so um, we're using a little smaller cousin called FIDO, and FIDO doesn't have a rock abrasion tool on it. It actually was built with a drill. So in order for me to simulate it, the scientists would pick a target as if it was normal you know, do their operations. And then what would happen is that I would go out with a Dremel tool and make a rat hole. <laughs> so I actually got called the dirty rat man for a while, too. <laughs> well, and, and that was, this was appropriate since you are a trained geologist in addition to all of the training that you seem to have done there at JPL. That's correct, yeah. I'm, I'm sort of walking in two worlds between geology and, sci- and planetary geology and uh, actually terrestrial geology, too, and then um, engineering. So I do ops roles, and I do engineering, and I do um, planetary geology. Can you hold on one moment again? Sure, go ahead. This is kind of fun, actually. Well, we'll, Maybe we'll hear what this call is about. Okay, can you hold on one second? Yeah, go ahead. No problem. Okay. Can I call you right back? We we have a target that I have to go over and look at uh, for the arm reachability. All right, Bob, you're back. You said, <laughs> yeah, sorry for that, folks. You got a you got a quick call. They needed some expertise on uh, something you said, arm reachability. Yes, we had a um, we had an alarm come up on one of the targets that we had chosen for the put the APXS on, and so what happened was is that we had to uh, either either go with that that's that sequence to see if it was correct, either that or go with the um, a secondary target or to abort the sequence, and we decided to go with the secondary target. Huh? How often does this kind of thing come up? Not often, but once in a while, you know, what we do, we double-check, triple-check, and, you know, one person may say it looks clear, and somebody else will say, well, I'm a little nervous about it being that close, and so, and that's where science comes in, and so I had to try to find the the right people, and we'd make the decision. Let's go on. I think what I was going to get to, uh, we were talking about FIDO, and how you were actually helping to train the scientists and engineers who would be working with the uh, Mars Exploration Rovers, and that you even got to pick the site that they had to explore remotely with the FIDO rover? Yeah, that's correct. We um, we made it a hidden site, so uh, which is kind of hard to hide anything in the United States from most geologists. <laughs> but uh, we were able to find a site where it was Mars-like and didn't have vegetation, and the rover would have no problem because rovers don't like driving with grass around. Their algorithms aren't really designed for it. And so we found a nice area north of Flagstaff, which really confused them for a while. <laughs> now, did they? so they had to drop into this place as if they had dropped onto uh, an unknown part of a planet and figure out where they were and what the geology was and how to get around? That's correct, yeah. We even put we even took the, the test model of uh, of the lander and airbags and everything up there, so when they turned it on, FIDO was on, it just as if it, huh. it, it was already into the stand-up position. We made sure that they already had the full 360 pan, so just as if they were getting ready to get off the rover and egress off like we did here on Mars. So, And we were basically training the scientists how to work with uh, rover. So have you seen this experience pay off oh, on absolutely. Mars? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, yeah, Mars is a little easier than the FIDO test I set up. So, wow. Uh, yeah, it's really helped a lot because people get a feeling of what's going on now. We're not as, uh, we're not as nervous about moving. We're able to try to understand remote science. This uh, training and education work that you do is something that uh, seems to be a thread that runs through a lot of your life. You haven't had much uh, chance to teach uh, lately. You're still, I believe, uh, on the research faculty at the University of Pittsburgh, and you were teaching at Pasadena City College, but I guess Mars got in the way of that temporarily. <laughs> yeah, opportunity and Murr definitely did. I mean, right before, <laughs> even right before 
launch, we were really busy. And then between launch and uh, landing, we thought, okay, we'll be able to catch up. And it's one of those things you're always running a you're running a, a marathon at a sprint speed. You have had some opportunity to continue this, though, in the middle of the mission, because you, like a lot of other folks there, have had exposure to the student astronauts. And I don't know if you know this, there is a photo of you <laughs> on the student astronaut part of the Planetary Society website. And in the students' uh, diary, their journal, they say that the best part of their tour of JPL was going out to the Mars yard and you standing with this box with a big red button. <laughs> yes, yes, that's true. We, we we have we have the advantage on Earth is that we have a kill switch. So if the rover starts <laughs> doing something we don't like, we can kill it. That's why we're really cautious on Mars because we don't have that little red button to push anymore. Because you're standing off to the side with this button, and you you actually have wires leading to uh, the the rover, the that's, rover. Mock-up. That's correct. Yeah, we don't on Mars though. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the that's why we're very cautious. Uh, as you saw earlier, is that we really really have to be 100 percent sure before we do anything. That is the photo for anybody who wants to take a look at it. Go to the student astronaut section, and you'll see a nice photo of Bob standing there with his big red button ready to uh, hit the kill switch. Yeah, in fact, I think I uh, was talking to several of them uh, the day before yesterday, and uh, we were doing a very aggressive MI sequence in which we were doing putting the MI and taking MI images, about 46 of them in, in one particular day, and they were watching me and helping me. So they've been a pretty good asset and value to this uh, mission. Well, they certainly had a great time, and in fact, we'll have statements from a couple of them uh, on this show. Uh, We've been featuring each pair of students as they come in. Uh, I noticed also on the web that uh, you had worked as Deputy Director of Mars Education. Was that during Pathfinder? No, it was actually the year after it. I worked with Sheikh Dyer, Dr. Sheikh Dyer, uh, while he was here at uh, JPL, and so I worked with Pathfinder as a postdoctoral scholar under Matt Gollenbeck, who was the project scientist. Mm -hmm. And so then my first job here at JPL was working as a deputy for Mars Education at the time. So obviously you get a kick out of this, working with young people and helping people to understand what what you're all about there. Yes. I used to be a high school teacher many, many years ago. So the students uh, of high school age and early college age, I really love working with. Let's turn to the other part of your professional life, which is, as we said, that you are a geologist. You, that's where, what your Ph.D. is in. And so as you uh, help people decide what it's safe for these rovers to do and help to communicate what they're doing to young people at the student astronauts, you've got to be following pretty closely these amazing findings that both rovers are, are making on Mars. Yeah, in fact, it's kind of tough because, you know, they're about, the, both rovers are about 12 hours apart, so you try to keep the day up on date on both of them. If you do, you never sleep. So, um, it's, it's really tough, and you come in and you, you get five or ten minutes and you just start going through the data as much as you can because you're so busy collecting the data, sometimes you don't get to see the data. And that's what happens when you do an operational role on a mission, is that you, you're doing so much to collect all the high data you can and get the best data that you know in the future will be used for good science. And, but sometimes you don't get to see it. In fact, I came in today and had to look at all the images that I collect that I wrote the sequence for two days ago. I hadn't even seen what the results of the sequence was. Wow. Well, fortunately, that data is not going anywhere, and you guys are going to have uh, months and years to uh, look things over and analyze and, and try to reach conclusions. And We're going to have to do a special show sometime in the next uh, couple of months just about the findings, what these rovers have discovered. Are there any preliminary surprises? I know you know the newspapers uh, love to talk about uh, the so-called blueberries. Yeah, we're still, in fact, we were just looking at those like about 15 minutes ago, too, uh, trying to figure, you know, we, we really, there's all kinds of 
of ideas of how they formed, but we don't have anything definitive yet. We have the, the outcrop, or what we call it, which is at one time was going to be called the Great Wall, but it's only really about the size of a curb, and uh, <laughs> it's not large at all, but it's 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 got it's bringing back some very interesting chemistry. We don't really have any, any data that we would stand up on and say this is true, but it's something different that we've never seen on Mars, and that makes it the most unique thing. And, and then on the other uh, rover, on um, Spirit, she's just moving along. I think they've done over 100 meters the last I looked. They're heading to a crater, another crater that's inside this big crater. So it's a really exciting time. It's just hard keeping up with both of them. Uh, are there any other surprises? I mean, certainly we've read some. Well, about three days ago, or four days ago now, or four sols ago, I should say, uh, we did our first trench at, at, um, at Opportunity, and mm-hmm. the soil looked very interesting. It's very fine grain, but other than that, I, I can't say much yet because I haven't seen the chemistry data that came back from it because it takes a little bit longer for the chemistry data to come down, but the images come down because you have to use it for next day planning. Uh, and then following Saul, I think, or Saul, second Saul after that, Gusev did the same thing. So it's it's interesting. We're starting to get all this data. We're starting to get a handle on it. Uh, there's definitely variety. I mean, we were so lucky at the uh, Radiani site that we actually went into a crater, which we probably would have gone to anyway if we'd been on the outside of it, but we were very lucky to be landed right inside of it. So there's no major discoveries yet uh, that I want to say, but um, we're working very hard. And, you know, most of the data is out there for people to look at. So I I suggest people take a look at the websites and you'll see most of the data. There is a little touch I hear in this of the careful scientist who uh, is (laughs) probably keeping his speculations to himself. Yes, you know, we each have our pet ideas. And so, uh, you know, we'll we'll keep them and, and when you start with a hypothesis and a scientific idea, you know, you, you have to look at all the possibilities, and then what you try to do is rope yourself into or bring yourself down into, a, into one that makes sense with all the data. So it's, it's interesting to say because I've been working with the soils and working with the wheels and the rover traverse and stuff, but I need to look at the chemistry and I need to look at, you know, other things, the photometry stuff from the pan cam, and it's, it's, it's the total story, not just one part of it. So that's why scientists are a little bit more cautious until they see all the package. Well, it's a good approach. It seems to have served us well for a few hundred years here, to say nothing of the last uh, few years of Mars exploration. Something that we will want to explore further on this show. Absolutely. Let's come back to uh, just the rovers themselves. You are one of these guys who sort of straddles science and engineering. The general health of uh, the rovers looking pretty good, isn't it? Excellent. Both of them are just running beautifully. I mean, they're just, the engineers have given us such beautiful equipment. It's actually kind of funny because on a couple of days, the engineers are telling us to be more aggressive and, and it's kind of hard <laughs> for an engineer to tell a scientist to be more aggressive because usually it's the other way around. Yeah, but, there's a switch. Yeah, I know. It's never, but uh, these, it's, this is a solid team here. The engineers work well with science and science works very well with the engineers. And so it's really a cohesive team and we're just starting. I mean, I guess we're on SOL 29 as we speak right now and hopefully we'll get a lot more out of them. All right, I'll knock on wood as I say this, but it sure looks right right now like these guys are going to outlive their uh, their warranties. <laughs> I I I would not uh, be surprised if they did. Uh, I think they're going to last a lot longer than people think. You still have your headset on there? Still have my headset on. Okay. Well, we'll let you go back to uh, paying full attention to that. But, Bob Anderson, I, I very much appreciate your taking the time to, to talk with us right in the middle of your shift. And... <laughs> well, it seemed to be the best time to get with you. And if, uh, if you or anybody else has any questions, feel free to drop me an email or give me a call. Bob, is there a website or something that you would want to direct people to? Yeah, I would direct them to the um, to the JPL website, and, and you can see all the new data from Mars, and then we, we have little feature stories here as soon as uh, scientists are willing to, to put it out. But it's usually within a day or two after we get these images. There's there's either press conferences or there we put in nice little stories that are written by us here. And so I think the, the general public could follow very well along with the uh, 
with the webpage of the so it's www.jpl.nasa.gov. And uh, certainly we try to uh, digest some of that information and provide it uh, here on the planetary.org site as well if you're listening Absolutely. At, the, at the Planetary That's Society's website. That's an excellent website. webpage to start because you guys link right into our stuff too. Yes, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. And uh, thank you again for taking this time, and we'll look forward to talking to you again soon. Okay, good luck, guys. You bet. Bob mm-hmm. Anderson is the, well, the rat man, among other things, <laughs> geologist. Uh, they're working on Mars time, specifically Meridiani Planum time, where uh, the rover opportunity is. Part of that amazing team at JP where they are still operating and hopefully will be operating for a long time to come, the Mars Exploration Rovers. I'll be right back with Bruce Betts after this. This is Buzz Aldrin. When I walked on the moon, I knew it was just the beginning of humankind's great adventure in the solar system. That's why I'm a member of the Planetary Society, the world's largest space interest group. The Planetary Society is helping to explore Mars. We're tracking near-Earth asteroids and comets. We sponsor the search for life on other worlds, and we're building the first-ever solar sail. You can learn about these adventures and exciting new discoveries from space exploration in the Planetary Report. The Planetary Report is the Society's full-color magazine. It's just one of many member benefits. You can learn more by calling 1-877-PLANETS. That's toll-free, 1-877-752-6387. And you can catch up on space exploration news and developments at our exciting and informative website, planetarysociety.org. The Planetary Society, exploring new worlds. Time for What's Up here on Planetary Radio, and we are not in our usual digs. Normally, we record this uh, back in the carriage house in the back of uh, Planetary Society headquarters, but it's a very quiet day here, and so we're doing it, what, in the the conference room in the main house. And so uh, what is that funny noise, Bruce, that people may be hearing in the background now and then? I'm sorry, I haven't had lunch yet. Oh, you mean the <laughs> the rover? <clears throat> That's our uh, Mars station here, the Carl Sagan Memorial Mars Station, and people can drive a Lego rover over the internet and a simulated Mars Pathfinder landing site, and people are doing that even as we speak in the background. So if you hear a then it's either my stomach or the rover. Well, let's get started. With so go to planetary.org, and you too can drive it. <laughs> What's up this week, Bruce Betts? Four planets, you can see it once in the night sky shortly after sunset. And this is the week for planets to party with the moon. Get ready to take some notes if you've had any trouble finding those planets or if you just think it's cool when they hang out with the moon. Here we go. Venus, Monday night, the 23rd. Venus and the moon, very close together. In fact, if you're crazed enough and get to the show quickly enough, you can actually use the moon to help try to watch Venus when it's still daylight because it's so bright. Hard to find if you don't know where to look, but you can see the moon and then look for Venus. You'll see them off in the west. Very cool. On March, March, we'll go ahead and try February. February 25th, (laughs) which is a Wednesday, Mars will be uh, near the moon. Mars is considerably to the upper left of Venus, much dimmer, orangish. And then on Sunday, the 29th, Saturn will be near the moon. It's very high in the sky at dusk. Our other friend up there is Jupiter, rising shortly after sunset in the east and also very, very bright. So those are uh, good planets and five planets coming soon. So that's what's happening in our uh, solar system neighborhood. What else do you have for us? Well, this week in space history, on February 24th, 1969, Mariner 6 was launched, one of the flyby spacecraft that gave us some of our first glimpses of Mars. On to Random Space Fact! 
Venus rotates retrograde, which I just enjoy saying, which the implication of this is that the sun appears to rise in the west, if you're hanging out on the surface there, compared to the Earth. That's so retro. <laughs> so retro, which is very in. <laughs> Trivia contest. Last week we asked you what golf club did Alan Shepard use when he hit a couple golf balls on the moon in Apollo 14. How'd we do? Who knew that we had so many duffers among our uh, faithful listenership? Uh, I, we had an amazing response to the contest this week. Something about golf, I guess, that or or golf on the moon. The response was just tremendous, and I didn't see any incorrect answers. Shall I tell you who won? Oh, please do. It was Jose Fonfrias. Jose Fonfrias, he uh, hails from Hastings on Hudson, New York. I wish I did. That sounds so cool. And it's, <laughs> and it's such a pretty area, too. I don't know if you've ever been to the Hudson River Valley, but Hastings on Hudson. Uh, that's where Jose Fonfrias is from, and he had the correct answer. Alan Shepard used a six iron to hit his golf shot on the moon. Now, I do have to give honorable mention to one of our regulars, and that's uh, Bill Magnuson, because Bill went all out, man. He found a number of NASA sites that said it was an eight iron, and then there were some that said six. So what did he do? Are you ready for this? <laughs> he called the U.S. Golf Association Museum nice. in Far Hills, New Jersey. Which is where <laughs> it resides. Exactly. And their library confirmed that it is, in fact, a six iron. So, Bill, no T-shirt this week, but, boy, an A for effort. Nice job. <laughs> All right. For next week, the Magellan spacecraft well as various Earth-orbiting spacecraft, have used a technique to image the surface of a planet called SAR. In this context, what does SAR stand for? We're not looking for the disease here. We're looking for the observation technique. What does SAR stand for? And how can people enter the contest? Go to planetary.org slash radio and enter our contest. Get it into us, too, uh, by Thursday at noon Pacific time. And do tell us what size shirt you want. We're going to have to get a hold of Jose and see what he wants to get from us. That's how the trivia contest works. But we're not done, because right after we take a break, Bruce, we're going to finally get to visit again with Biff and Sandy. Yes, we're going to go back to Biff and Sandy and hear how they're doing on the surface of Mars. I am giddy with excitement. Right now, I will just encourage people to look up in the night sky and think about gum. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> and that's Bruce Betts, the director of projects here at the Planetary Society, who joins us each week for What's Up. And he is a close personal friend of Biff and Sandy, who will be joining us right after this from another of the student astronauts. Hello. My name is Chung Tao Chung. I'm from Taiwan. I'm 14 years old. I'm a student astronaut. The time I spent here was awesome. I got to hold a piece of the rover, which is the RAT, or the RAT. And it's fun to watch those scientists debate, discuss about what is more important in the sequence. It's fun to watch them, you know, discuss what what's more important and what's not. There's constraints to the rover on energy, time, and power. So. Only the most important things get to go to the sequence. So it's quite fun to watch. I've experienced the life scientists have on those MER rovers. Science, I think, is quite interesting. When I get back home, I'll start organizing my notes taken at JPL. And I'll review my journals and see if there's any new findings. I think I'll be glad to answer those questions my friends have. Like, what's it like inside JPL? I'll be sort of a reporter. 
We're back on Planetary Radio. As promised, we are about to bring you more of those wonderful tapes, uh, recordings made of Biff and Sandy, and we're going to pick up uh, pretty much where we were a couple of weeks ago. Uh, when the microscopic imager on Spirit returned an image of the Martian soil with a consistency that was compared to that of powdered cocoa, Biff got a little overexcited. Yuck! This is not powdered cocoa. The texture, Biff, not the taste. Oh, that's for sure. One thing Mars doesn't have is good taste. Mars isn't alone. Well, I know, for I, Biff Starling, am here now with it. Uh, so that was Biff uh, trying to ingest a bit of Mars. Let's go up uh, to a little bit of uh, Sandy, and this is still before she actually arrived on the Martian surface, not long, though, before she entered the Martian atmosphere. And I, I think she uh, composed a haiku for this occasion. To show my current excitement, I created this. Opportunity. Engineering devices. Enter atmosphere. How emotional! I moved! And you will be too when you hit the atmosphere. You and your engineering devices. What a great opportunity! <laughs> Party on! Well, that's the Biff we know and love. Now, after Sandy's landing, things got rather strange with the usually serious and subdued Sandy Moondust. Even stranger than Biff writing a profound haiku. Dude! This is so totally awesome! I can't believe it! Whoa, Sandy! Did you just speak surfer? Oh my gosh, I did! How could I have done that? But Biff, this is just so righteous! The view is bodacious! The entry, descent, and landing was radical! I can't stop! It's okay, Dudette! It's called happiness! It's an emotion! Go with it, Dudette! How's the landing site? It is totally the most stupid of a place I've ever seen. So not Earth. Like, whoa, I've written a quick haiku. Over to a landing site. Bounce marks on the ground. Outcrop calling us over. Hematite around? Sandy's excitement on arriving at Mars was soon followed by a rather harrowing experience for the little astrobot. We'll hear it as it happened on next week's show. We're out of time for this installment of Planetary Radio, though. I hope you'll all be back for our next visit. Take care, everyone.